0: Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Review Show, the show that thinks Wales will be better off getting Alex Ferguson in for pre-match rousing speeches rather than Michael Sheen. Sorry, Steve, but don't worry. You'll get your own back in the next couple of weeks, no doubt. Uh, we're looking back at England's 3-0 win over Wales. It saw them confirm top billing in Group B and send Wales crashing out. I'm looking at other World Cup sundries, City's fixture list, effing VAR and more. To discuss all this, delighted to be joined by the one and only ASAN, morning asan how you doing
1: morning howard i'm i'm pretty good are we not
0: swearing on this podcast i thought the intro was a bit early to be doing it but
1: fine <laughs> you, you let me know when it's safe for me to drop an f-bomb
0: uh well it's just gone past nine o'clock uh as we record so we're past the watershed so <laughs> excellent So
1: you excellent. Can swear why do you want to swear are you planning to no no but you never know with me i've got a potty mouth so anything could uh anything could set me off yeah Fair enough. No, no, you you say what you want. So, got the beeper
0: at hand if we need it. So, and the edit button, obviously. So, uh, you you enjoying this World Cup as it gets into the third round? Is it hotting up for you? Um, I, I remember you saying off air like I was getting fatigue with four games a day. I mean, it was just like background it was really like a screensaver for me you know mm. i did other stuff a lot of the time even the bigger matches you could just have too much but mm. i guess now that stuff's on the line you were saying you kind of limit yourself to one game a day are you getting more into it now because obviously i mean we talk uh the Argenti- argentina group finished last
1: night and that was pretty damn interesting <laughs> it was <laughs> quite quite the uh quite the crack of that um yeah i mean yes and no it's 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 definitely a weird world cup. It's, you know, it, it's weird to be, for example, we went to watch the England game on Tuesday night and it was cold because it's the middle of winter and you sat outside in a big beer garden with a big screen, but it's just not the same because just <laughs> we really cold in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't know, like I, I I've got, I've, I've definitely got mixed feelings, uh, about this world cup, not, you know, not because football is football and when you get into the games, you get into the games and you know, that, that side of it's fine, but it just feels as though for the first time, maybe in my lifetime, um, the kind of off the pitch stuff has very much, uh, overshadowed what goes on on the pitch the, or, or certainly the kind of narratives are so loud around what's going on off the pitch that it's. You know, it just, I don't know, it's left me quite cold and ambivalent to the whole thing.
0: Yeah. A, su- a successful World Cup does depend on fans as well as football. Are you pleasantly surprised that there is atmospheres in the ground? Because I was a bit wary about just how many would travel over. Uh, obviously, Argentina I've always bring over huge amounts, and that was mm. seemed a pretty amazing atmosphere for their match. But as it seemed okay once once you get to the games themselves, does it seem like a real world cup?
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, you know, you, you can, you can definitely feel, uh, the atmosphere in, in a lot of the South American games. Um, a lot of the, t- uh, a lot of the games featuring teams from, from Africa. It's been, uh, it's been very, um, those games have been very lively from a support point of view, which is really good to, which is really good to see. Um, but then, you know, on the flip side of that is I was listening to Gab Marcotti a few weeks ago or a few weeks ago last week, and and he was saying one of the big misnomers about people who travel to the World Cup is that it's uh, that it's like a real cross-section of society. He was like, basically, he was making the point that to travel to the World Cup is just really expensive. So mm-hmm. whatever the tournament, wherever in the world it is, whether it be in Qatar or it be in Europe or it be in the US, the people who go tend to be... The much more privileged people from those countries um and again that's a little bit of a generalization on his part but i imagine that there's an element of uh, there's an element of of truth in it um so yeah i mean i'm i'm quite if i'm honest with you howard i'm quite disappointed that i've let all the kind of off the field stuff uh, begin to affect the way that I enjoy the tournament. And I do feel as though once the games kick off the games that I'm watching, I'm thoroughly enjoying them. I think the only, I guess the point I'm trying to make in a, in a roundabout and long winded sort of way is that it doesn't feel like a world cup, maybe because outside of the games themselves, there is a very different conversation around the tournament which isn't really focused on football which is fine if people want to have those conversations they should be having those conversations um but for me personally it takes something away or it has taken something away from the enjoyment of watching it hmm.
0: and uh, i think it's a world cup where we're dependent on the football now because there's n-
1: yeah there's,
0: i say nothing else to talk about there is other stuff to talk about i mean when normally a world cup it's more about it's not it's about the country it's about you know other stuff It's you have lots of coverage outside grounds and I don't know there's there's other stories about you know about just the whole festival of football but this in a way it's like well all there is you know all there is on a positive side is the football itself so we'll see if it delivers uh, by the end of the tournament so but it is football so it always does deliver one way or another so as we Mm. saw last night as we were Wondering whether we'd be drawing lots to see who went through from a group, which uh, just shows that football remains flawed as well. And look, I'll get it out of the way because I only want two minutes on this. A bit, I would say I was a bit hyperbole on Twitter last night, but I absolutely meant what I said when I said football's been ruined before our eyes. If this, I don't think this is the way VR's going for the English game. I think this is just a World Cup thing and guidance. But are you noticing that I look at the Argentina penalty and I think there's, the things that have been referred on the big screen now are just, for me, it's just absolute nonsense. Even the uh, Griezmann disallowed goal and deliberate mm. plays and these stupid little technicalities. I mean, he wasn't involved when he was offside. It's like, are you noticing this in games? Because, you know, I, I did that football gods thing for the charity pod. I'm saying, fuck. Penalties are just given too easy and now we've got this World Cup where they're just being given for, in my in my opinion, yeah, subjective for virtually nothing at all. And it big games could be decided, you know, at the latter stages. Imagine something like that penalty or that offside decision deciding who wins a World Cup. It will be utterly tainted for me uh, if that's the way big games are decided, and it it's. We're in danger, of ruining it now because of these VAR referrals. Do you feel the same, or have well, you I mean, not I, noticed I, I do, that when watching matches?
1: I, I do, I do hear your frustration, and I do acknowledge your frustration. Um, I, I feel as though VAR. It, I feel as though ever since VAR was introduced in football, um, it's been used. Uh, badly at times. I don't think the world cup is any different. Um, so I mean, yeah, of course, like it's just that, that penalty that Argentina gets just, that's not a penalty. That's surely there's not a rule that says that's a penalty ever anywhere. Um, so I didn't understand, understand why he was referred in the first place. I think the more troubling thing for me is that once he's been referred, how he's not looked at that and gone, well, that's not a penalty and just moved on. Um, that was even more disappointing, but again, you know it's like i don't know it's it's like trying to uninvent the wheel howard like we we are where we are within football as a culture as as a kind of as a pastime as a sport. It has become a billion multi billion pound industry and in game, and you know. They're, yeah I, that, um that's what makes it worse <laughs> yeah but i i just i just feel as though you know we're i don't know like I, i'm ha-
0: how could the biggest tournament in the world in the biggest sport be getting it so wrong again that's subjective well, but they but they I, don't I think 99% yeah, of people will agree wrong. with me huh?
1: Yeah, but they don't think they're getting it wrong. It doesn't. So, one of the things that you have to do is you have to separate yourself as a supporter from the people who make the rules and administer the game. The people who make the rules and administer the game will never think like we think. And so, their but objectives will be completely different from no, our objectives.
0: No, I think we've crossed the line and they are getting it wrong according to their own rules. Look at the handball the Portugal handball when he was falling down his, his arms behind Dale Johnson, you know Dale Johnson on Twitter, mm-hmm. who gives instant, fully, you know, I've seen him in the past go, you know, that was a nonsense decision. He's explained it. I go, according to the laws, this it should be a penalty. And you're free to say, yeah, the law's an ass. But, you know, technically it was right. Even he's saying, at, I've seen him at least three times go, no, according to their own guiders that should not be apparent they're getting this wrong multiple times so i wonder you know after the matches when they're looking at it when they've been assessed are do they think they're still getting it right because if they do still think they're getting it right then we that's more worrying for me than if they just say yeah we we made a mistake there and they
1: adjust future decisions but yeah that's fair enough i i i do i do like i said at the top i hear your frustration. I- I feel as though VAR has become such part and parcel of what the football is now that, you know, I expect one weird VAR call per game.
0: Yeah. As always, the thoughts are the same. I just want as much as possible games to be won by the actual football. <laughs> you know? a moment of brilliance maybe even a terrible mistake maybe something ridiculous but not not on a screen not to be decided on a screen by things people didn't even notice at the time and please get rid of slow motion <laughs> i had enough of it absolutely i enough of it. watch it real speed if you can't tell from that then there's no decision to be made so but hey slow motion will be here forever so again just shouting at clouds answer uh before we look at the England match, shall we just look at that thing that was inconveniently timed during a World Cup match, which was life from Anfield, <clears throat> the FA Cup third-round draw. Uh, normally one of the highlights of the season, but yeah, it kind of may have passed a lot of people by. So much for City's easy draws, eh? A hey, son? Chelsea at home, is it fair to say that's the last thing we needed at the beginning of the January.
1: It got it got such a heavy eye roll from me when I saw that. I mean, I'd, I I had no idea the draw was going on. And then I saw that we got Chelsea and it was just like, oh, really? I mean, I just maybe it's because there's a World Cup smack back in the middle of it. But this season just feels weird. Just the the, the whole thing just feels a little alien to me somehow and i think it is because there's a world cup in the middle and because you know that at the end of this world cup we go back into a season that's already started but yeah i mean uh, i had a look at we had a quick look at the fixtures before we we started recording um i'm i'm all right with the way the fixtures fall in the sense that you know i don't think that the i don't think that the carabao cup or the fa cup are ever the priority in the league Mm. so it's rare that I get myself too worked up about draws. Um, and then if you look at the way the league fixtures fall, I mean, we've we've got some tricky fixtures, but they're all teams that you've got to play everybody twice. I know it's a cliche, but it is what it is. And we've got a lot of games to to still be played. And so, you know, I, I don't know whether it's... The, I guess the question I would ask of you is, is it better to play difficult games quickly after the world cup or do you think it's better to have them march for example yeah. late february early march when the champions league is fully back up and running exactly it probably doesn't matter
0: well, I, ultimately you want them spaced out i think you don't want like a fortnight of of death so to speak but as you say there's two domestic cup games in there And you have to like then begin to think. Well, not only how seriously does City take it, how seriously will Jurgen Klopp and Potter be taking it? Yeah, it works both ways. Like this is a bad fix list for us, but it's bad for them as well. We don't know. We just don't know the state of all the teams when we come back from the World Cup. We have no idea. Plenty of players will have had a couple of weeks rest by then.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, I think that Guardiola made it quite clear that any players that progressed past the, um, past the group stage would not be selected for the league cup game. So that means that, um, the overwhelmingly vast majority of our world cup players or our squad, in fact, will not be available for the league cup game against Liverpool, which is fine. I mean, you know, you, you, he's going to have to put a makeshift team out. Um, but I'm not really that asked if I'm honest with you. Um, I think that... What's the, first, what's the first league game when we... Let's run through. So, uh, yeah.
0: yeah, because the real carnage comes in January, really, not December itself. Yes. So, but there is carnage in December as well. So City-Liverpool on the 22nd. Leeds, 28th. has been pushed back two days. but that That's means, fine. That means a tiny gap to then Everton on New Year's Eve. So it's Chelsea on the 5th, which I think is a Thursday... Chelsea again, which I assume has to be Sunday at the earliest, not two days later. Well, it has to be because it's an evening match on the Thursday. Then United away, then Spurs at home. Though, of course, if City-Chelsea in the Cup is a draw, that Spurs game is delayed again, which is not good news to have to push that game. Because again,
1: just I'm going to go out on a limb and say that game will not be a draw. Yes. I don't think either manager or either that, team... Yeah even if they've got to play with a fly goalie for the last 10 minutes to, uh, to either score a winner or concede a goal, but that game ain't ending in a draw. Yeah, um,
0: can Walker in in that, the Yeah, wing. exactly. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now, or simply click the link in the description.